For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Lucia Weatherall. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we take a look at the administration of the university, Eisgruber's recent visit to the White House, an update from the SPIA in DC initiative, and the rapidly melting glaciers in Switzerland. It's Friday, September 29th. This weekend, The Daily Princetonian is releasing a special project looking at who runs Princeton, examining who holds the power on campus. The Prince's Data section took a look at the administration. Head podcast editor Eden Tashoma sat down with the writers to learn more. So, could you introduce yourselves with your names, class year, and what you do for the Prince? Hi, my name is Rishi Cannon, class of 2027, and I'm a contributing data writer for the Prince. My name is Ryan Kanarska, I'm a junior, and I'm an associate data editor for the Prince. You both have a piece out in the Prince Day for the data section on who runs Princeton. Um, So just to start, who is the most powerful person on campus from what you found? When looking at compensation directly, it's tempting to say that the president of Princo with a almost $10 million compensation is the most powerful person at Princeton, but that doesn't really tell the whole story. The Franco president pretty much controls the endowment fund, and though some could say that money is a driving factor of all decisions made at Princeton, the person that has the most people under him is actually President Eisgruber himself. So that's kind of the standard answer, but I'd probably say President Eisgruber. And how is the administration structured under President Eisgruber? Yeah, so the administration is structured um, from Eisgruber down um, under two main people, the provost, who is Jennifer Rexford, and the executive vice president, who is Katie Kellowright. Uh, the provost is the chief academic officer, while the executive vice president is the head of the corporation, as they call it, who handles matters relating to the physical campus and campus services. Yeah, and these administrators all work for Princeton. So what patterns do you find among the administration and their relationships to Princeton? So when we look at how many people in the Princeton University cabinet actually graduated and went to Princeton, that number is only five out of a total of the 25 cabinet members. That number is one-fifth of the entire cabinet, and there isn't anyone in the current cabinet that graduated as a grad student from Princeton. So when talking about the relationship and the patterns we see, although Princeton University grads do hold a majority, or I guess a better way to put it would be that Princeton University grads hold a plurality in the cabinet itself. They still don't make up the majority and the cabinet isn't just for Princeton alumni. And it's interesting to compare this to the Board of Trustees where every member is a graduate of Princeton except for Governor Phil Murphy who you know, has an automatic seat in the board. So while the Board of Trustees uh, makes the decisions that governs Princeton, and they're all Princeton graduates, people who actually handle the day-to-day operations at the school in many cases do not go to Princeton and have no connection to the school prior to their position here. And so how long have these cabinet members held their positions? Well, the longest serving cabinet member currently is Pringle President Andrew Golden. He's also the highest paid cabinet member, um, but he will be ending his position here in 2024. Um, And the shortest serving cabinet members, who I believe took their positions in 2023, the Dean for Research and the Executive Vice President and the Provost, who again are the two highest ranking officers in the university besides President Eisgruber, who both started their positions this year. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. President Eisgruber spoke at the White House yesterday on a panel of college leaders. The event was held to unveil a new Department of Education report titled Strategies for Increasing Diversity and Opportunity in Higher Education. President Biden called on the DOE to produce the report the day that the Supreme Court ruled against the use of affirmative action. Eisgruber spoke to Princeton's financial aid policy and transfer program. Starting this fall, most students with family earnings at or under $100,000 will receive full financial aid. Eisgruber also credited Princeton's transfer program as, quote, a powerful vehicle for diversity. To find out more about Eisgruber's remarks at the White House, visit dailyprincetonian.com or follow the link in the show notes. The Princeton School of Public and International Affairs, SPIA, announced Zach Burton as the first director of the SPIA in DC initiative on Wednesday. 
This initiative, launched in May 2023 in Washington, D.C., aims to elevate the policy work of the university's faculty, create professional networking opportunities, and form stronger connections between the school and D.C. in general. Zach Verton comes to SPIA from the Biden administration, where he served as the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations as senior advisor. In a press release from SPIA, Verton says that he is, quote, excited to help the school plant its flag in the nation's capital. The Swiss Academy of Sciences published a report yesterday finding that 10% of Switzerland's glaciers have melted over the past two years. The amount recorded is equivalent to the amount lost between 1960 and 1990. Scientists believe that this process has accelerated due to the burning of fossil fuels and that it has especially affected our glaciers. This report comes after the Swiss Glacier Monitoring Network recently halted their glacier observations since there are essentially none left. According to the head of glacier monitoring, Matthias Huss, quote, it's a combination of climate change that makes such extreme events more likely and the very bad combination of meteorological extremes. This melting ice has also changed the mountain scenery around Switzerland. Huss and his team have found new lakes forming next to the glacier tongues for the first time on record, as well as bare rock poking from thinning ice. Today, expect slight showers with a high of 63 and a low of 56 degrees. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by Dora Shen, Lena Kim, and Eden Tashoma, sound engineered by Izzy Jacobson, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of The Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, Class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Lucia Wetherill. Have a wonderful day.